Can I start, Christina? Yes, thank you. The first question. Could you please tell us more about your time with your teacher as a carer and how long, why, etc.? You can, I can spend the whole night telling you this. <laughs> um, I, uh, I think to be approximately exact uh, about 11 and a half years. So um, I uh, uh, left uh, the monastery with Ayavayama. Uh, um, so we stay in a house situation, which is easier. Mm, what else would you like to you know? There's so many aspects of it. Um, so I'm her full-time caregiver. Uh, initially, she wasn't. Uh, she she has a she had a neurological degenerative neurological conditions. So initially, she's still able. Uh, that's not too difficult. And as her conditions gradually deteriorated. Um, we got help, and uh, we, she have uh, the we apply for the NDIS. So we're very fortunate. Um, so uh, she she got uh, she's in the trial. Um, we are in the trial area. So she probably one of the first one who get uh, the package from the NDIS. I think 2014, 2015, uh, because the trial is in the Perth Hill area. And uh, as her condition deteriorated, um, of course, um, packages uh, inc- uh, funding increase. So it, uh, towards the last couple of years, uh, we managed to get 24 hours care. And in addition to that, uh, I think quite a few people here in this retreat, uh, either their uh, wife or themselves, uh, they are our volunteers. So uh, me and volunteers who come in um, every night, uh, some of them stay overnight, one of the volunteers here, once a week, they stay overnight. And, uh, and someone initially have to do two nights a week. So I have a roster, big roster, volunteer roster, roster for Dana people. They got the, and uh, I have my need a special diet as well because uh, uh, conditions uh, affected her uh, speech and her swallowing. So um, I'm very lucky uh, in the position there because I'm actually from Perth uh, locally. So I'm very familiar with the health system and also familiar with uh, the hospitals and uh, and, uh, know the, uh, actually support her really well as well. So I manage... uh, um, to get lots of helps that we need. And being uh, myself, um, as uh, health uh, told you that I'm a pharmacist, I actually was a qualified naturopath, so make the care easier. Um, so I also easier for me to learn, uh, so I need to learn to use uh, all the um, uh, different machineries uh, from... Um, Something you might know, uh, you probably know CPAP machine, uh, but uh, for her as a, uh, in a neurological condition, she needs to use the BiPAP machine. And I need to know how to use a cough assist machine the, uh, trained by the physio from the hospital. And then I need to, so gradually, I'm uh, getting quite good at uh, different machineries, uh, suction machine, 
and I know how to. Uh, she got a nasal gastric uh, tube, so I know how learn how to do that too. Um, so, but Ayurveda, she's the perfect patient. That's why practice now. Um, because she's always very contented and happy. Um, there's no problems with her at all. Um, I, um, I'm going to tell, tell you more about her tomorrow too. Um, she used to, every night before she go to, uh, went to sleep, she will, when the time that she still can speak, she will say to me, she will say thank you to me every night. I tell her that, I told her, I said, you don't need to. Uh, I, I understand, I knew that you appreciated my help. But she said to me, um, she might not get, she said, I might not get up tomorrow to say thank you. So it's uh, great to have a practitioner to have that in our mind that we knew uh, impermanence, things might happen, and she can die anytime. She actually planned, we planned for her um, funeral. Um, she even wrote her, um, her um, what do you call, eulogy. She wrote down her, um, the procedures she wanted to do for the funeral service. She's very kind to me because she knew that when things happen, I'll be bombarded with uh, all the suggestions. So she get it all organized. We talk about it. So that's a, a wonderful gift. So this is something that for you to think about too. Not to wait you when you're sick. When you're still well, you can't, uh, you can't uh, tell your loved one saying that you, know, you would like to be cremated or buried or uh, at least some idea. Otherwise, um, at the end of the life or anything can happen uh, quickly. And um, I've been the, um, so we, I actually have my grandmother as well, who is, uh, I need to organize aged care for her. Uh, so I'm full bottles. <laughs> I haven't said, I didn't reply anything to uh, Venerable Medici about um, <laughs> the, to help uh, the Sangha Association about um, um, the aged care and, uh, and DIS as well. Um, it is a lot of work uh, to be a carer. Um, but because I have someone that it is uh, a practitioner, it is uh, very much easier. And all the people, all the uh, carer, um, you can uh, ask uh, the volunteers. Uh, I'm not going to tell their names, although they will not be uh, embarrassed. Um, uh, they, um, they love to come to see her. She's um, smart and always uh, considerate and... Um, all the time. So I don't have um, difficulties, I must say. You can ask me more, so I don't know in which way you want me to say more. But she's the perfect patient, uh, as described by the Buddha. And I'm very grateful to... It's my honor, I tell everyone, it's my honor to be able to look after her. And I learn a lot. Um, I told you about my grandma in the hospital. Actually, my grandma stayed in the hospital for 11 days and she passed away. Uh, during that time, Ayavama uh, still well, um, I think 2004 changed, so um, about six years ago, no more than that, eight years ago. 
So I have um, give me coaching step by step. I will uh, come, I actually stay in the hospital with my grandma too. So uh, I will came, come back from the hospital and I will, t- I will ask, you know, what should I do? And uh, when she was dying, uh, my grandmother, I, uh, I have a really lovely, loving relationship with my grandma. It is very hard to see someone that uh, you are monastic, someone that you love so much uh, pass away while or fading away in front of your eyes. I will ask, uh, what should I do? You know, I, she, my grandma loved um, my chanting, uh, so I will always chant for her. But then I can't chant all the time. So I will come back and ask her, what else can I do? It's a very good piece of advice that she gave me. I actually share with other people as well. She say, all you need to do is just uh, bring a piece of your loving kindness and your peace with you. Just sit there with her. And uh, I think that's a wonderful advice because uh, if I can't do anything, I just sit there and uh, practice the loving kindness meditation. I will include her uh, into my, uh, I'll create her into the loving kindness. So that's uh, why I suggest that, you know, practice now. It's very useful. Like just now we share, we send loving kindness to this young woman. So when I was sitting there and uh, she was dying in front of me, that I can't do anything, but at least I can offer her a piece of my loving kindness. I must say, when Ayavama was uh, dying, uh, I was with her, um, so I can do the same thing. I hope one day when I was dying, someone <laughs> can do the same thing as well. But the best thing is to practice yourself. There's no guarantee we have someone with us. Um, so, um, then as I said, I learned a lot from her. Uh, uh, she's very equanimous and full of loving kindness. Even though she was sick, she was concerned about me. Um, I think I wrote to um, We talk about it uh, at uh, a few of her memorial service. Ajahn Brahm visited us uh, at the Hermitage. Um, probably about five weeks before she passed away. She's already very weak. She was weak and uh, fragile. And um, um, so they have a talk. I was chaperoning, of course. Before Ajahn Brahm uh, uh, left, he asked Avama, there's anything else you would like to ask or anything else you would like to say? Um, she, so she can't speak at the time, so I need to use a spelling board which contains A to Z, uh, whatever alphabet uh, that she wants, she'll squeeze my hand. So it's a long process. Uh, what she spelled out is look after A. Ajahn Brahm's very tuned in. He say, do you mean look after Ayaseri? And I, I, I must squeeze my hand. I must say, I really touch by her gesture of care and kindness. Um, at the time, she could ask for anything, you know, blessings for herself and anything. But she didn't. She was uh, concerned about me. And that's why, that's why the uh, Ajahn Brahm and the monks uh, adopted me because of the request by Aya Vayama. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs>
um, I have been very well looked after um, but very kind the monks have been having kind to me so um, that's a general uh, questions um, you can ask me some more if you want uh, uh, or you can go and write questions or we will come back um, do you, the person want to ask me some more is it enough uh, I'll go to the next question so that we can finish uh, as many questions as we can The method of walking one foot in front and the other needs more attention. But harder is the one that the only way I've heard all these years. Is it recommended? What do you mean by just one foot? Is it right, the person who asked the question? So one foot in the front of the others. Is it that's uh, what you're being told? Um, if I get, didn't get it right, uh, please uh, write another one. We, I will answer whatever the last minute one in the morning tomorrow. Uh, to me, walk natural. If you, um, there's so many methods out there. Um, some that you need to be aware of lifting, lifting, putting your feet down, and the other one. I tried that too. I find, for me personally, all the teachers will teach you or share with you their own experience. For me, it do not work. I prefer natural, normal walking. It can be a bit slower, like we did this morning, or a bit faster. But uh, so. Is is but uh, when you quiet down and slow down and naturally, you will be taking one step after another. But otherwise, just uh, walk normal if you can. And um, is it recommended? Yeah. Um, as I say, all the teachers uh, will share with you their own practice, so you find your own way. As long as the method that leads you to calm and peace, um, it doesn't matter to me whether you've put one foot next to each other or exactly one at the front. If you need some more explanation, please uh, write another. How do you develop stronger emotive response when practicing with metta meditation? Will we increase with the time practice or should I change what I'm thinking? It definitely will increase when with time and practice. Skill, meditation skill is just like anything. Um, you need to practice regular and then you um, um, get better with it. And another way that you can do, that's what I've been uh, told, uh, shown in the beginning, is I chant Metta Sutta. Um, I didn't chant once. Um, I was being, uh, my teacher gave me a small um, uh, chanting beats. The smallest one got 18 beats in it. So I actually, um, when I first started, I, uh, before the meditation, I chant 18 times uh, at times, and then I put the beats down and I start. Uh, my meditation. You can just chant once, like what we did just now. You chant them uh, loving kindness. If you chant it with uh, um, all your heart, really feel the words, that will help to uh, increase your emotive response. 
Um, there's other ways as well. I think uh, some days other um, meditation method that you start with uh, uh, something like uh, an animal. Or I noticed, you know, you see that there's lots of uh, bears around that uh, you can't um, either hug one, but some of you are hugging them. I must say, I attended the last uh, nine days retreat. One of the young men was hugging one. It made my heart really soft. Uh, because um, that's just skillful means. If you find it helps, um, uh, that's one of the ways to, uh, 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 to trigger off their emotive response. Um, Ajahn Brahms, uh, that retreat, was talking about you can try to hug yourself. I went to an interview. I told him that I hugged the trees in Jana Grove. And he was jokingly, he said, no wonder there's so many damages on the trees. <laughs> I said, Jana, I'm very gentle. <laughs> and sometimes I don't hug. I use, uh, I say, I hate but the trees. <laughs> gently, just gently touch the trees. or the, Like uh, having an exchange, a connection. Or in other way, we are giving each other blessings. So um, I think I hope no one will see me go walking. I did hug the trees, and then I turned around. Someone just about to walk past me. <laughs> so they'll think that that crazy nun. <laughs> but uh, that's what I'm doing. Uh, sometimes I just touch their branches, uh, not to damage them, but gently uh, to uh, feel the exchange of energy. How does one meditate with mental tension or headaches? Relax to the maximum. It's hard. I can say it's hard. Even though I say relax to the max. But you need regular practice. I find um, um, loving kindness uh, is a very good um, a method of uh, meditation um, when you uh, uh, dealing with uh, uh, tension or headaches. If not, just sit there. Um, I suggest that you sit here and feel the, just breathe in the peace. Uh, one of the stories I can tell you that uh, when I was uh, uh, Anagarika in the monastery, I, I can't meditate that long. So everyone is meditating with the lights, uh, candles on. I'll just open my eyes and sitting there watching everyone. <laughs> so there you go. Um, it takes time to develop. So I can't uh, end up uh, sitting here sharing with you. So you can do that too. You just need to take one day at a time. So you start with 10 minutes. Um, gradually increase uh, over time. 15, 20. I must say... I was really impressed uh, with uh, some of our supporters. Uh, I think they started when they're 50. They said they make the determination. They are in their late 70s now. They have been doing two hours to three hours meditation every day. So they make that determination that I'm going to uh, take this as a um, lifelong practice. I do not ask you to go home to do two or three hours. This is tough. I understand because I used to be a lay person as well. I used to work 12-hour shift. It's quite hard to go back. It's, all I want to do is uh, 
just uh, want you uh, to lie down on the couch and like potato, or sit on the television. I understand. So at least um, keep it up, 10, 15, 20 minutes. You can't do every day, a few times a week. So that um, will gradually um, uh, increase uh, your, so you're flexing your muscle, you're exercising, just like going to the gym. Meditation is just like going to the gym. So the more that you uh, keep it up, the practice, your skills, uh, your, uh, um, then you can understand uh, yourself more and understand your mind state more. And then you can't uh, gradually increase uh, the time that you can't uh, um, uh, meditate. Actually, the main aim of meditation is to uh, uh, calm and uh, to relax. That's what you achieve. Uh, no, no matter how long or how short of the time, it doesn't matter. So that you remember that what is your aim uh, of the meditation feeling joy and happiness, and uh, be at peace. So um, if your headaches are probably that night, that moment, don't do it. Go outside for a walk, do some uh, stretching exercise, um, or go to the gym instead, and then come back, choose another time, so that you have form a, a positive relationship with meditation. Ayaseri, during the meta meditation, do I visualize a love person, neutral or difficult person? What do you mean by keeping the meta within us and not projecting outwards? Um, you do not uh, need to. You do not visualize the whoever person that you are um, using. Let's say um, I'm, we're talking about Talia. We don't know how Talia look look like. But we just substitute with the name Talia, grandma, or good grandchild, um, mum, or a dif- difficult person. I say So you just substitute with the name. That's what I mean by you're not going there to deposit the loving kindness. Natalia? You don't go to in front of Natalia to uh, drop your loving kindness to her. You keep on feeling it. So um, loving kindness is more into feeling, feeling of a softness, feeling of a, a warmth. Um, sometimes you feel the heat, the warmth generated from the heart. So you let it grow bigger and bigger. Keep it, maintain it there. While we go to the next category, so you're just using a different name rather than may I, Normally, the first category, you need to use, take more time until the feeling in your body is stabilized, is strong. Then it's easier when you move to the next person. Love person is easy. Neutral person is difficult to generate um, uh, the loving kindness. Talia, I um, must, uh, you probably will feel easier because you know that she is unwell. But when someone is neutral, it's, um, you don't feel strong, don't have strong feelings. Sometimes it's quite hard to generate the feeling in yourself. Sometimes you could feel that your um, loving kindness seems to like start to go, uh, go down next uh, gear. That's why I suggest that go back to the love person. 
and uh, generate the feeling again. If you're still not doing well, go back to the, uh, yourself first. And then move up again. And then just now, from the meditation just now, you can see that you're keeping the feeling in you until it's strong, until the last category, uh, you move, expand it out. You'll, then you'll feel that like it's bursting out from you. Like really flow out to all the people here, really flow out uh, to the sky, to everywhere. Uh, that's why um, it is um, for this particular method that you uh, keep it, uh, the feeling in yourself first. So that's another one that you need to do it regular. regular. If you like to uh, develop it, I suggest that you go back, do uh, the first category yourself, oneself. Um, if you can, do it for a month. I must say when I first started, I even do walking meditation with uh, may I be at peace, may I be at ease. Um, but I do not recommend it now. Uh, when I, uh, uh, It's good to have, give your mind a bit of a break and uh, bring yourself into the body sensation rather than uh, keep on using the, um, um, the meditation object. So um, you can go back to do that. When you're home, start back again. Do that to yourself for a month. And then you add in the next person for the next month. That's what I did when I first started. That's why I say it took me about five months um, to uh, develop the whole meditation. Um, I wish I did it on purpose. Um, so uh, when we, uh, after the f uh, fourth category, uh, the difficult person, when we project out, that's the time that we call break through the boundary. That means uh, it's no longer me and you. It's include all beings. And um, if you go further, um, you can go into uh, um, the stillness. To it is there's no limit when you just tell. I don't know how you feel when I uh, lead you through the meditation, and uh, when you sit longer. Um, it can lead you to your feeling of flowing. Some people reported it, they feel they're floating. So there's uh, all sorts of feelings that you can feel uh, when you go uh, over the boundary. Dear Aya, could you please speak about leaving grief and sadness behind and moving towards happiness and peace, please? <sighs> <laughs> Well, um, because I have been working with the same thing, um, of course, because I've been looking after Aya for uh, that long time, so I have a very good relationship with her. Uh, um, I'm just like my friend, uh, sister, she's like my family. That, so I do understand, and I can tell you from my own experience, it is uh, hard, and um, you need to, to me, um, there are lots of people trying to tell you that let go, let go. It do not work that way. You need to have time to really feel your sadness. I must say when I first came here, I spent a lot of time on my own um, because um, I would like to be, have the opportunity to uh, express my own grief or a feeling of loss. 
Um, unfortunately, it is live streaming, but <laughs> um, I cried um, but on my own. But I feel comfortable and feel secure that I can do that on my own. So I do encourage you um, to let the feelings come out. It's great if you have someone who can understand how you feel. Um, it's difficult. I do have the experience of people trying to tell me, you know, move on. When you're not ready, you're not ready. But when you're ready, um, I do um, a lot of loving kindness meditation. I do a lot of chanting. Um, I um, share merits with Ayavayama. So I do chanting regularly. At the end of the chanting, I will say to myself that may I, may you be at peace. And uh, I call her, I even have a nickname for her uh, when I was uh, looking after her. So I call her Gilly. It's a make-up name uh, from the Pali name called uh, Sick One. So I will say, uh, may Gilly, may you be at peace. May you attain Nibbana. Oh, why do I... uh, uh, this is my first meditation retreat. I just did a um, meditation day last Sunday to mark her meditation, um, mark her one-year death anniversary. I purposely take up uh, this um, uh, offering. Is I would like to share merits with her. So there's one way you can do is to do something that uh, to honor the person. So I have been telling you the story of Ayavayama. I don't think I uh, ever tell so many stories about her. Uh, I did quite a number of meditation days in the past, but this time I purposely choose the story uh, involve her because I will, of course, I want to pay respect to her to honor her. So there's one way that you can do uh, whatever things that you do. Um, either you offer dana, you do something good, you remember that person. Uh, may you be well. Or when you feel uh, love or look after and you remember the person, may you have wherever you are, may you have the care and support that you need. That's what I do. Um, and over time, um, uh, I must say I uh, work with it a lot. And I uh, even, uh, as a monastic, I look at the uh, sutures on um, um, it's like um, an Lakana Sutta. It's a very small sutta. So, uh, keep on repeating that, uh, looking at uh, uh, the body is non-self. Um, so I use various uh, uh, teachings of the Buddha. There's another um, uh, stances or the saying that I love. Uh, uh, it start with, uh, let's not uh, revive the past or in the future. Um, didn't get it right, but um, something like um, uh, not let the past uh, leave and uh, not to, uh, the future is not here yet, but the past already gone. I actually wrote, wrote it down, I'll bring it down tomorrow. I stick it onto uh, in my uh, room or in the nun's cottage on the board. I will do my walking meditation, I, that is just in front of me. If uh, so, I walk to the end of the meditation, or uh, I can see the whole uh, stanza there, just to remind myself. 
those things that I used to work with for myself, I find it useful to remind myself. Uh, keep practicing, and uh, you need to have um, an aim. Um, I'm um, very uh, lucky that uh, I would like to keep practicing as a bhikkhuni. Um, so that gives me uh, the energy uh, to really work with it and to look at it more and more. Um, is it sufficient? Um, you can ask me more questions about it. I'll bring my uh, the, the, the stanzas that come up. That is from the A Single Excellent Night. Um, uh, that happened to be Ayavaima's favorite uh, stanzas as well. She gave a talk at Amaloka on that particular one. So uh, I, I even tried to memorize it, but I can't say it, can't remember it now. So um, I'll uh, share with you tomorrow. How about that? So please um, do not suppress your sadness and grief. Um, I find it personally, I find it do not not helpful. I. Uh, that's why I go to uh, hug the trees. <laughs> uh, I felt that's uh, helpful. Um, for none that I can't hug another person, uh, I do hug uh, with the support worker. Last Sunday, um, the meditation day, um, that, tell you, that can show you that how uh, much the support worker, that's the carer, love Ayavayama. Three of them turned out they are non-Buddhist, they was there for the meditation day, whole day. And um, it helps me too. We can uh, talk about her. And uh, of course I give them a hug. And we hug each other, all three, the three of them. And we talk about how special I must to each one of them and to me as well. So that is very helpful to be able to uh, express your uh, Gratefulness and your memories of that person. Okay, I've got five questions here. Is walking meditation better than sitting? Need to do focus more, therefore easier for a lot, a lack of word. I prefer sitting. And um, I do more sitting meditation than walking meditation. So there's not one better than the other. Um, I read about uh, stories of uh, some of the monks in uh, Thailand. Some, they walk 15 hours a day as their practice instead of sitting. And I find that uh, sitting um, leads me to uh, calm, but easier. But I need to do walking because I got a, a not a very good back. Uh, so I find the change of posture actually is very useful. Um, especially if uh, you're not used to sitting all the time. Most of us not. It's not a natural posture. Um, but uh, unless you can go into uh, uh, calm and uh, um, uh, stillness regularly, uh, but I still find that um, um, the combination of both is the best. So depending on the day, sometimes you might want to walk more and sometimes you might want to sit more. 
This is very uh, tailored to individual needs. I would say you need to find out yourself. And the focus um, is all come with practice, as I say again. And um, actually, even meditation, when you focus on the breath or focus on the words of loving kindness or whatever, is uh, a way that distracts ourselves from our thoughts. Just like uh, when I hit the uh, wooden frog. So I distract you from thinking so that you put your attention onto the rhythm of the frog. Um, so the same thing, uh, the focus, um, probably, I love not to use the word focus, because focus, you've got something to do. Oh, I've been through that, you really need to focus your breath here. That's how you get your headaches, and I did. <laughs> um, so if you just uh, um, relax, um, if you, the first step I really enjoy, uh, sometimes I didn't go into breath, I just sit with silence. You actually can stay there, because you still can start thinking, but come back to your silence. It is okay if you are, uh, the mind goes to thinking. That's natural, because we have so many activities during the day. It is, um, too much to ask our brain or our mind to stay here. If you don't stay here, I'm going to uh, punish you or something. Let it be. If you go away, it will come back. So um, if you can let it uh, do what it wants, there's lots of story. And uh, if you listen to Ajahn Brahm's talk um, as well, um, the main thing is relax and not to uh, force it to happen. How do one turn when we are doing walking meditation? Is there a method or rule? Um, exit, stop, turn, wait a moment before uh, continuing? Not really. Um, every one of us is different. I like to walk towards the end of the path. I like to stop because it gives me a moment to re-establish my mindfulness if my mind goes somewhere else rather than walking. So it's always good to stop, and then you make your turn. You develop your own routine. You can do a circle, and I do. I like to do like a really robotic tough turn. So it all depends on your mood as well. When I have my psychic irritants, I just go to the end, walk back. There's <laughs> no matches at all um, until I calm down. So um, there's no rules. Uh, normally, most of the time, meditation has no rules. The only rules is to relax and enjoy. Can we focus at a spot at the distance to avoid neck pain for looking lower. Yes. Um, normally, I would suggest don't just look down uh, directly, um, about arm's length at the front, but that's non-specific. You don't need to, you can't measure it. Um, as long as you don't look around, uh, looking at the scenery rather than focus on the walking. So it can be a bit further or a bit closer. There's no specific um, um, length 
the way that you walk. Um, how do you put uh, your, your eyes uh, look down? We are allowed to decide our pace, of course. So depending whether you have psychic irritants. <laughs> so um, when we do our walking uh, group walking meditation this morning, you can see that sometimes I hit it fast, sometimes I hit it slow. I didn't ask you to turn around. I thought, uh, like, change your directions. I thought a bit too much. Uh, you will say, this silly nun. <laughs> so <laughs> I just keep it to one direction. Uh, because it's, uh, I think we only do 20 minutes of walking, group walking meditation. So you can. all depends on your day. And normally, when you first start to walk, when you uh, uh, observe yourself, you normally go a bit faster. And then naturally, when you calm down, you slow down. So you just go with the flow um, of uh, that time. Where should one do walking meditation? Inside, outside, provided both are equally spacious? Yeah, but there's no specific, um, whether it's inside or outside. I do, uh, at the nun's cottage, I do a lot of walking meditation inside because I like to hide inside my cocoon. <laughs> and uh, inside the nun's cottage, there's a big enough space. I think there's a chain space if I open the door. So I basically can uh, walk up and down any time. Um, I'm too shy to have uh, people looking at me, so I prefer to hide inside. Uh, sometimes I do walk outside on the veranda. Um, I prefer to not have a lot of distraction. Um, so if you look for a space, um, not that a place that if there's up and down or um, uh, a slope I find is difficult uh, for, con for uh, stillness, for focusing, for, um, uh, a bit more challenging. So a level ground um, like this would be fine. So this is up to you and you can create one at home. I visited someone's house the other day. They have a sand path. Uh, their family make it for them, just in the garden. So they dig it a little bit and fill it with sand. So they will walk, go outside and walk. And in winter, they say they will just walk inside the house. So that's, uh, you can be very creative, uh, whatever way it is. What are some practical ways to, tackle, to track progress in meditation practice? I would like to say, um, if you find that any um, way that leads you to peace and calm, that's progress. I must say, when I first went into the monastery, I used to ask Ivan, I must say, it's so difficult. You know, we used to, in school, you have exams. You know that, okay, you pass your high school, then you went into university, and then you, you know, you know the other exams. But the, this practice, there's no sort of, um, you don't get a, a, a mark. Well, I suppose some teachers do say you got a deeper meditation, whatever. But I think it's not helpful. Um, so you know yourself where you start. 
So you normally, let's say with a practice of um, uh, loving kindness, you feel joy and happiness. The more you practice, then you say, huh, actually, don't care what other people say, but I feel the, the joy and happiness inside myself. And your friends might say, you actually look um, much more relaxed now. You can test out. You ask uh, when you go home tomorrow, you ask your family, say, um, what do you think? How to, well, not immediately. They can't give you a sort of score or tell you. But you can ask them. Actually, when after I stay in the monastery for as Anagarika for a few months, uh, I call my family. My brother say, "Why do you speak so soft? Can you, speak? <laughs> Can you speak louder?" I say, "But everyone in the monastery, um, we don't speak that loud." So you, that is to me, that is progress. Um, so you are softer and gentler. So that is uh, something that will inform you. Hey, that something is working. And I even have um, one of our supporters. Um, they, uh, they are retired nurse. Um, her f- um, ex-colleagues were telling me that this person now looks so... Uh, her face, her facial expression changed. She looks so relaxed now compared to when she was wor- working. Of course, because probably she retired. But she spent a lot of time doing her practice uh, every day. So uh, that is the plus. You are doing a great first retreat. Thank you. <laughs> I love uh, compliment. Uh, <laughs> it gives me the encouragement and support. <laughs> I must say, I think I was telling um, Vivica before I came in here on Friday. So well, I told the monks as well, I say, I'm very nervous. I say, I felt that I'm mad to agree to this. I don't mind doing the retreat, but it's live stream as well. <laughs> so I felt, well, whatever I say, someone's going to hold me against whatever I say. So, or they will come back to tell me, say you say this or whatever. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I decided that it's okay, I'm just sharing from my heart, uh, whatever, uh, uh, from my own experience and the reflections and practice. So I help, hope that it's helpful. Um, everything sounds uh, foreign when uh, one is new to Buddhism in general. So when I hear metta, dharma, and all the strange language from the start of the retreat, I'm finding extremely difficult to engage. Another issue is finding um, repetitiveness in meditation words drive the mind a bit crazy. <laughs> Thank you for the feedback. Um, yes, um, I'm sorry. Um, I. Uh, uh, forgotten. Um, I usually do a lot of um, meditation day, so all my audience are um, people that I know them really well. Therefore, I think I counted there's only five of you, 
and I met uh, Natalia in the monastery. But only five of you that uh, I know them really well. They come to my, they are my regular uh, meditation day uh, attendants, attendees. So I've forgotten. Um, um, I also didn't realize um, until I come here that quite a large proportion of you uh, never attended a retreat before or never have any experience of meditation before. So I apologize if uh, I uh, uh, didn't uh, adjust my language. I tried my best. Um, next time, I try, if there's next time, I'll try to do better. Um, I know the language is hard because I'm used to be the first timer too. So I've forgotten after over 20 years that uh, I'm not used to the language uh, being used. Um, the the re re repeatedness in the meditation words, yes. Um, but there's another reason why it is uh, repeating. Actually, if you look into the Buddha's teaching, you look at the suttas, the Buddha repeated a lot. One of them is uh, so that uh, we remembered. Um, once you leave here, now there's recording. If not, how do you um, remember the words that we use? That's why we repeat it a lot. Another thing is too much variation will not encourage the mind to go into unity, go into fo focus, or go to one-pointedness. Um, you can use, uh, like the first time that when I do the meditation, the verses is quite long. I do use it sometimes, I find it's useful. But um, at certain time, if you want your mind to, be, to calm down, it's easier to uh, use something that is repeat and repeat. Um, so if you find that it is drive you mad, don't use it. Um, Try something else, throw it away. I will uh, lead another meditation tomorrow. Um, I hope that one, that one have less repetition. <laughs> so you can try that one out and see how you uh, like it. So that's why that's, I have introduced three different ones. So that you can have a taste of it. If you find that it does not suit me, I just... I sometimes don't use the same uh, the method too. I find I'm too tired to repeat that. So I just use breath or go into silence. So that's why that's uh, different tools you can pull out, which is helpful. So I apologize to this person uh, forgotten about the language. I'm finding it's hard to switch off my mind and be physically comfortable while meditating. Any advice? First thing is probably sit on a chair. Um, if you are sitting on the chair, um, probably, I think switch off your mind is probably the first thing that you need to change your attitude. You can't switch off your mind. That is an impossible task. So what you can do, let it be. Okay, you can tell, if you want to think, I'll sit here and relax my body. You can think whatever. And uh, try that and see what happens. But you need to do that again and again. Um, 
Of course, uh, if you do it long enough, it will gradually slow down. Like the walking meditation, remember that I told you I have my psychic irritants? Then I start walking, it took me two hours. The first half hour, I almost run on the walking path. And then slowly, the next half an hour, I get slower. The same thing with the mind. So when you first sit down, it will run. It will, of course, because you have been running the whole day. That's why when we uh, talk about the reflection on eating, it gives you a stop, stop sign, stop. What have you been doing? Have you been running? How is the mood is today? Is it time for you to slow down? So that is the stopping sign, like the stop sign at the traffic um, junction. That tells you, stop, have a look before you keep going. So if you find that you uh, run your mind running uh, well, really fast, probably that is the time that you... Meditation is a stop sign for you. Then you find out, hey, I'm running too fast. Something happened today? Um, I, um, there's some lots of problems happen or there's disaster happen or in this case we are sharing we are sending good wishes to someone um, my friend uh, get injured or all the things happening so it's okay if something happened you can't stop the world running around just so you can't stop your mind running around but beware of it probably today um, it's not a good day for me to sit down and meditate or you just have a cup of tea and just relax it doesn't matter let the mind go so that's the suggestion I'm glad that we finish all the questions and uh, we can uh, have an early mark um, is it okay? <laughs> and uh, I will see all of you tomorrow morning um, probably uh, if you don't need to come, as I say, you don't need to come at 6 o'clock. Uh, but you can come even earlier at 4 o'clock. <laughs> if you wish, uh, or any time you can walk into the meditation. And uh, tomorrow we will have the same thing. Uh, I think the sharing is at 8.30. So thank you very much for your attention. And... <laughs> because to get you to come and join me for the chanting, I can't do a jump from sadhu. <laughs> 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 <laughs>